HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This is Sam Edwards, proud sponsor of Heritage Radio Network, surreyfarms.com. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah. That cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. On the phone today... All the way from San Francisco, we have an old buddy of mine, whom I haven't seen in about a year, but can't wait to go out to San Francisco and see again, Miss Amanda Womack, store manager of Cask in San Francisco. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hi, Damon. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually at the store right now. It's a little bit busy, but uh, it's going good. Cool. Do you have somebody there to watch it while you're... On the radio. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, Amy's upstairs, and you know her as well. Oh, yeah. Hi, Amy. I'll tell her you said hi. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so, awesome. So, it's really good to, to hear from you, and can't wait to catch up right now on the show. Um, so Yeah, same here. Yeah. We used to work together back in the day, actually, at uh, Linnell's Linnell, yes. at Red Hook, which comes up from time to time on the show, because that's where I got a a lot of my, my learning from. And uh, actually, you know what's cool, too, is uh, Ian Wolf, a guy who we worked with there as well, um, has also been on the show. So now we've got, like, all of us except for Linnell. <laughs> I, I don't know if she'll ever <laughs> want to come on my show. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. Now we got we got the old yeah, crew back together. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So uh, how, uh, how have you adjusted from, uh, you know, you were in New York for quite a while. Um, now you've mm-hmm. been in San Francisco. I think you had a short stint in Seattle, right? Yeah, about a year in Seattle, just bartending. So the break between my the two retail spots, um, which was a lot of fun. But I like the retail side of things, um, except that one of the main differences that I'm having out here in San Francisco as compared to when we were at Linnell's uh, is that here at the store we don't have a tasting license. So... Oh. Um, from a retail perspective as compared to even even the bartending perspective, um, it's it's a little bit harder to gain people's trust that you really do know what you're talking about um, in that, you know, I can't just hand them a glass of something and say, try this, I know you'll like it. And they have to trust me enough that they'll buy a, a whole bottle of it and take it home and then find out if they like it or not. So um, there's a new tasting license out here that hopefully 
hopefully we'll have uh, sooner than later, but we don't have it yet. It just became established last year, so there's some paperwork and things like that that need to go through, and uh, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's always funny with the, the state liquor laws and what you can and can't do. We've been actually talking about that the last couple of shows about, you know, people in, like, controlled states and different tasting rooms and mm-hmm. agricultural licenses for distilleries. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's weird. I, I It's getting better every day, it seems like, but it's, it's still a slow burn. Um, yeah, but- that's another thing out here is, um, like, Charbet Distillery, for example, makes spirits and they can't sell directly to the customer. They have to, which is, for me as a retailer, they have to send the customer to me. So, hey, that's great for me, but... Wouldn't it be nice for someone who's visiting the distillery to just buy their bottle right then? Sure. Are they able to taste it? While they're standing there. (laughs) Are they able to taste it at the distillery, but just not buy it? Yeah, they can't buy it while they're there, which is pretty lame. That's another state rule. But they can buy wine. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird that that would happen. (laughs) But, you know, I'm not surprised. Um, That was one thing that I really enjoyed working with you back in... Geez, back in the day, um, <laughs> uh, was that we we did get to taste everything, and especially like um, working there and tasting all these different things, even if it wasn't something that we sold, it's something we just had like in the store, you know, from someone else's travels, picking up extra bottles of stuff and like giving it away to you, uh, you know, as gifts to your buddies and like having them taste you know like getting together and having these like little tastings and stuff and and really kind of open your eyes to that um and you know not just for us but for the customers when we would do different tastings you know that was a really yeah it really adds to the educational experience of shopping at a store like this you know people come in and we can talk to them all day long but then when you really get the tasting aspect in there um it 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 backs up what you're saying, um, and it is just a nice experience to share with people. Um, and as you know, you know, sitting around tasting things at a bar in the same way, you get to to really feel more of a sort of a little community there for a minute. So, yeah. With that being said, I mean, like, I know that Cask, the same people that own Cask, own Rick House. Is that correct? Uh, yes, Rick House. Uh, which is just up the street from us, and then Bourbon and Branch, and um, there's a new bar that we're associated with that just opened up in the basement of the Hearst building, which is right around the corner. Uh, Well, the entrance is around the corner. Our basement kind of butts up against their basement. There's a wall between us, but, um, you know, if, if that wall wasn't there... It basically be the same space. So <laughs> yeah. we have that new space downstairs, and and that's something that's great for us because um, when the bar is not open uh, for business, we can utilize that space um, and and host tastings in the bar. So that's something that we're working on, and um, even this weekend for Father's Day, we have a, a Japanese whiskey tasting that we're hosting in the bar space. So, um, so that kind of, that kind of takes care of that, that, that whole issue with not being able to taste since you have like some bars at, you know, at your, basically, I guess Rick house. Yeah. I was just trying to remember where Rick house was. It's only like a couple of blocks from cask, isn't it? Yeah. It's about three blocks up the street on Kearney. And, and so now, which is close, but now with, with local edition being so close, um, we can, 
host a tasting down there, uh, and there's a, a stage and a projector, and it's a very nice open space. And then either before or after the tasting, we can come back up to cask, and people can shop and browse, and then they'll have just tasted various um, spirits. Well, and that will really enhance the experience. So I'm looking forward to doing that. This Sunday will be our first um, tasting event that we've hosted in the space. It's only been open for about a month or so. So Yeah, that's cool. That's it. a good way to like yeah. take care of that, that little problem that you had with the whole tasting. You know, <laughs> exactly. You can do that in a bar. <laughs> We're working on it, yeah. So, um, but uh, one of the things that, like when I was out there last, I was checking out at the shop, is that like both... Both you and Amy have, you know, hand selected like bottles, different bottles of different whiskeys. You know, when you mm-hmm. taste through the cask and you'll buy a whole cask and have it bottled, you sell those in your shop. So that's also another cool way of like, get, you know, like gaining trust from a customer like that can't necessarily taste it. You're like, well, I tasted it. Yeah. I tasted through a bunch of barrels of it, and this is the one I wanted. So trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and and roped into that idea also is that we have a whiskey club that we started up um, at the end of last year. So um, American whiskey, for example, is our biggest seller at the store. And so, of course, we have uh, an American whiskey club. And we've been sourcing specific barrels for that club, and and then it's released exclusively to those people who have signed up. So um, the first one that was shipped out was a, a single barrel of cask strength Willet, and that's one where Amy and I traveled out to Kentucky, you know, tasted through maybe 15 different barrels of whiskeys um, over, you know, an extended period of time, and and picked the one that we thought was the best and released that to only our club members. And then following that, we had a really cool whiskey from Charbet that is a barrel-aged Doubled and Twisted. Have you had their Doubled and Twisted whiskey? No, I haven't. So um, Marco took a double-hopped IPA beer. Oh, wait, I have had it. And it. What'd you say? I think I have had it last time he came out, but explain it yeah. to me. So there's a, it, he distilled a double-hopped IPA beer into an unaged whiskey, and that was released as his master distiller's spirit. And he took a, a bit of it and put it into a used Chardonnay barrel. So he made one barrel-aged version of the Doubled and Twisted, and we bought that whole barrel for our whiskey club. So that's another thing where only one barrel exists, and you can only get it if you're a part of our club. And, you know, it's pretty fun to have access to things like that that you wouldn't normally find on a regular shelf. Absolutely. And it's cool that, you know, people people will sell us whiskey like that. Yeah, <laughs> Something absolutely. That's Really fun to have. Um, and then we've got our, our next release is the third one that's come out in our club, so it's a pretty new club, but we have a single barrel of a 10-gallon, <clears throat> one-year-old rye whiskey from 1512 Distillery. Have you uh, tried any of their whiskeys yet? I have, I they do an unaged rye, um, and they made a, uh, he made a poaching, which is, potato, barley spirit, traditionally like Irish moonshine, basically. Um, And then every now and then there's a little bit of aged rye whiskey available. So this one barrel is the only barrel that's coming out for, you know, 
several months, I'd say. And we, again, bought that whole barrel, and that's going out to our club. So no one else will have that whiskey unless they're one of our club members. Cool. How many members are in the club? Uh, in the American Whiskey Club, I'd say there's about 130 people. So, you know, the first shipment takes care of about half a barrel of whiskey, and then our club members can repurchase as they desire until the whiskey's all gone. That's awesome. Is there? Yeah. And, and how do you Fun. how do you get to uh, be a part of that club? Is it through Cask? I mean, or is there a separate website for it? Yeah. Well, on our website, there's a link that takes you to the club page and then you can sign up through there so you just go to caskstore.com and click on the club's link or if you are local you know people can come into the store and also sign up here and then whatever bottles we may have in stock for the club members they could take them away that day so so if and if, then, if it's someone from out of town oh, can they order they or do they get uh the like if they're in the club and they're for like say for instance because i want to join this club like can you can you like ship you to me? Join. <laughs> Is it possible to ship bottles whenever they come out? Yeah, of course. We've got members all over the U.S. The only thing is that um, another another kind of hindrance in retail sales is that each state regulates whether or not we can ship there. So if we can legally ship to your state, which New York we can, then yes, we would most definitely ship to you. Cool. Well, I'm gonna sign up for that after the show awesome <laughs> so so I, I feel like there are like maybe not necessarily exactly like this but there are more kind of like impromptu kind of like casual um the idea of people getting together and like starting up like either just a night or a club whatever you want to call it you know it, it, be it you know like a group of like five or six people or a group of 20 people get together and like swapping bottles and i remember even when we were working together back in the day people would come in and be like hey i'm going to a whiskey night at my buddy's house uh what should Mm -hmm. i get you know to bring that's like really interesting and not like you know necessarily like you know not cheap or not expensive like you know everyone always had these guidelines and they they had something they wanted to grab and to take to like a whiskey club that was like just at you know a friend's house um, it seems like that is something you're starting to see more and more. I go to a beer club um, oh, cool. every quarter. That also mm-hmm. at the same time every other uh, like month or so from that. There's like a tiki night at the same bar uh, at my friend's okay. house, and it's really like a cool way for like people to both bring up like any kind of rare whiskey or, for instance, this one is for like really rare beers. And then on the flip side, these rare tiki drinks and like things they'll find on different people's menus. And it's just a really cool way to get together and expose that kind of thing. So like clubs like that, like yours, that's a really, that's like kind of taking a next level. You know, it's like, you can only get this whiskey here. So you join the club. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. That was your idea, wasn't it? And it's a lot of fun for us to source the barrels. Of course, you know, we get to travel to the distilleries when we're lucky and hand, hand pick them while we're there. I mean, you know, distilleries like Four Roses, for example, uh, they do barrel programs, and so yeah. other stores can source those, can source their own barrels as, as well. But um, it's a lot of fun to to be able to get together with these smaller distilleries. You know, as you know, there are so many micro distilleries popping up across the U.S. 
um, that there's a lot of fun stuff that we can we can uh, try and and buy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for you know, last um, fall, Amy and I went out to Leopold Brothers Distillery, and uh, rather than purchasing a barrel of uh, whiskey, we purchased a barrel of Fernet from them. So there's also kind of fun and quirky things like that going on too. Wait, do you? If, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Did you know that? I wasn't sure we had it the last time you were in town. No, you didn't. But here's the thing: like, is that part of the whiskey club, or can I just get that? You can just get that. Okay, I'm, I'm still going to join the club, but yeah, save me a bottle of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be speaking with Amanda Womack from Castor in San Francisco, California. program was sponsored by S. Wallace Edwards and Sons. Summertime is not the only time when barbecue is welcome. At S. Wallace Edwards and Sons, Sam Edwards has been working his magic on ribs, briskets, pit-cooked pulled pork, and much, much more. Add a few of their sides and the party is complete. Entertaining has never been so easy. To order, go to virginiatraditions.com. That echo always freaks me out, Jack. I just gotta say, <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> um, I like that song. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Who does it? If you don't, uh, I, don't I mean, know. you wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're talking to Amanda Womack from Castor in San Francisco, one of my favorite shops. Actually, you know what? No, it is my favorite shop. I can't think of another Ooh, shop hi. that I like anywhere more than Cask. Um, Thanks, Damon. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's the truth. I just said a, a, a real thing. Um, so we were speaking right before we took the break about uh, some whiskey clubs and some uh, uh, different, like, just special bottlings uh, from different barrels that are exclusive for your whiskey club from uh, Cask mm-hmm. Store. But then you you dangled the carrot in front of my face with uh, this Leopold Brothers Fernet. And you know I'm a huge Fernet Branca fan. I, I treat oh, I know. way too much. I, yeah, it's 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 out of control. Um, and that's you know uh, speaking of it, was that something that was like inspired? Is that something they did for you, or something they they were doing? And like, how did that come? No, about? it's something they were doing as a, from what I can tell, a bit of an experimental project where a few people had inquired about it, and um, so Todd Leopold decided to jump on it and when we went out there there were only a handful of barrels available to pick from so it wasn't like we tasted through 30 barrels of fernet but right. which um, you could have done we could have done that yeah <laughs> if, they'd, if they'd had them we would have tasted them yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh we picked 
one that we liked, and um, and he bottled it for us. So I, you know, I've got about two hundred bottles of Fernet here. If, uh, <laughs> if you want more than one, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know, we love it. So as long as we have it, it's something fun, and it's great to talk about. Totally. The customers being in San Francisco, obviously there's a lot of Fernet consumed out here, sure. and it's always great to have another one to add to the selection. Absolutely, and actually, like I always talk about this, and I kind of feel like a dork every time I say it, but it's such an exciting time for not only like being a bartender but a consumer as well. Even mm-hmm. just someone who's in a food and maybe wants to cook with some weird, like like cooking with Fernet Bronco, like the book. But, uh, <laughs> but not just that, but like, you know, all these different liqueurs and spirits that are coming out. Like, there are just so many, like, it, it, sometimes it feels a little overwhelming to keep up with, which, of course, mm-hmm. you guys do. You know, that's that's uh, your job to like, it's our job. Mine is a bartender. Yours is the manager of this awesome store to keep up with all the new stuff that's coming out and, and be able to talk about it. And it's just an exciting time. It's never, there's never a dull moment. And, you know, especially like somebody doing like a very, very small batch, uh, for net in the United States, like that's crazy. And there are, yeah. And we're very lucky. I feel to have, um, customers, uh, that are actually interested in things like this because you know without without them we wouldn't be able to have the opportunity to go out and buy a freaking barrel of fernet <laughs> yeah, exactly. without the idea that hey somebody's going to want to buy this from us and that's awesome you know 10 years ago i doubt we would have been able to say the same thing maybe in san francisco but definitely not in- Ma- yeah maybe in san francisco yeah <laughs> but <laughs> It, you know, it takes a great community of people who are, are interested in, in exploring new tastes and having just these new experiences with spirits. You know, it's great that we have people that'll come in and be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll buy that really weird liqueur, and I'll, I'll trust you." Yeah, <laughs> it's great to have people's trust. Um, and yet, you have and, to because a lot of times these things aren't cheap. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, and uh, so we're we're having a lot of fun with it. Great. Um, mm-hmm. What's it's okay? So when I first met you, um, and uh, when we first became friends and started working together, you were drinking uh, Corner Creek whiskey sours. You were like, "It's so simple and delicious." <laughs> what do you What do you really? I mean, like obviously you're digging on all these awesome barrels that you're going around tasting and having bottled up. But uh, as far as like. As far as like what you're drinking nowadays, what what have you been uh, sipping on or slamming? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you remember the Corner Creek thing because the only thing I ever drank with Corner Creek was a whiskey sour. I, you know, it's not my favorite bourbon outside of having it in that one very uh, distinct way. But it's so it's kind of perfect. Kinda funny to me. Um, but I'm always a huge fan of pure Kentucky. Bourbon, I could drink that any day. Um, but other than that, yeah, I feel like I've really moved away from making cocktails at home. And I just, oh, you know, probably like a lot of bartenders we know, you go home and all you want to do is have like a shot and a beer. Or, yeah, or not go you know, home uh, and have a shot and a beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or that too. Local edition being right around the corner downstairs is so easy to be you know we close up the shop and then go down and have a martini or two or three (laughs) so 
So there's always the simple gin martini. And I've actually been really into, um, I don't know if you've had this yet, but Vaya came out with their Whisper Dry vermouth. And I've been all over that stuff lately. I, I can't ever think of a time where I've wanted just dry vermouth by itself, but I would totally drink that by itself. So that stuff's pretty good. Um, especially in a martini. So I've been drinking really simple stuff think, on my own. Yeah. You know, a glass of bourbon or a mar- martini. Um, I feel like that's what it all comes back honestly. to eventually. Like, you know, because even, even like you and I, like having worked around all these like really kind of insane and, and unique spirits, you know, like you get really into it, then you start experimenting with cocktails and like, you know, going out to cocktail bars and we still love doing that. But at the, like, it's, it's like if I'm off work that day and I go out then I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll have a cocktail. But like when I'm working and then I get off, I'm like, God, I just want a really cold beer. And (laughs) (laughs) I think it comes down to something that I just don't really want to think about. I want to sit down and have something simple that just tastes awesome and and it's easy, something easy. Because at the store we talk about spirits nonstop for eight hours. It's a bit tiring at the end of the day to think like, oh, now I'm going to go study some cocktails. Yeah. And it is important. We do do that. But it's like we'll go out. I say we in relation to Amy and I who run the store together. Uh, we'll go out together and purposefully, you know, maybe visit a new bar or go visit one of our bartender friends and and try some of some of their new cocktails. But um, as far as my my regular drinking habits go, they're pretty simple. Yeah, straightforward. Yeah, there there's some yeah. like classics that I've been kind of going back and revisiting. Just like like you're saying with like a martini, even a Manhattan dude. Just like a per- yeah. like just a classic Manhattan when it's made right, you know. Use like I, I don't even put a cherry. I put a twist in it, and it's delicious. And it's it's like very comforting. It's like going back home, you know. After yeah, like all it these, is super like, comforting. Yeah, <laughs> well, in so many ways too. <laughs> but um, like that, and then I just like recently like rediscovered the the uh, Cooperstown cocktail. Do you know that one? I don't know that. Please it's, tell me about it. It's just a perfect gin martini. So it's gin, okay. sweet and dry vermouth split, and then orange bitters, but. It has muddled mint in it, and then it's stirred, and uh-huh. then served up with a mint leaf. And the thing is, okay, yeah, it's a pale pink drink with a mint leaf in it <laughs> and a martini glass. So don't judge me, but it, 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 I mean, it's a delicious drink, and it's really simple. And it's like all things that, like, even, like, any kind of dive bar would have. I would order one at a dive bar. Like, I would be like, you know what, you've got mint for, like, all those mojito drinkers out here, whatever. Um but I know you've got I, I know you've got sweet and dry vermouth, and I know you've got a lot of gin. I, your vermouth may not be that good, but man, that's it's kind of a safe a safe one to order, and it's a cool one to teach to someone who might not know a lot about cocktails, you know. And that's yeah goes back to the whole that's, educational thing. Yeah, that's something that we're definitely big on here at the store is you know delving into the history of um, how and why all these spirits even came about. And you know you had you mentioned uh, in what you were just saying a mojito, and that just reminded me of one thing that's going on around town, um, at least here in San Francisco, is 
uh, serving bottled, like house bottled cocktails. Is that oh, yeah. something that you have seen in the past or are currently seeing? I'm, I'm currently out there, seeing or? that. Yeah, totally. It's it's something like there was a uh, uh, a Campari event one night where they had this trolley. I mean, it's a bus, but it was you know a red trolley. Um, yeah. Oh, like San Francisco actually, but um, uh, so they were they had um, pre bottled Negronis or sorry Americanos yeah. in little. Like, That's another one I drink a lot when I go out. Yeah, is a it's, Negroni. It's anyway. also like one of those things that you should like. No bartender should fuck that up because I mean it's equal parts. <laughs> yeah. Just read the recipe. I mean, come on, it's easy. Yeah. It- Easy and delicious. Yeah, totally. So they had bottled Negronis going around on a little cart. Well, they, you know, they had, uh, I believe, it, actually, they were uh, Milano Torinos in, like, uh, 50 milliliter bottles, and they were passing them around the bus, and we were, like, bar hopping and stuff. But that just reminded me, I, when I said bottled Negronis, that was actually at the Manhattan Cocktail Classic this year uh, at the oh, okay. Campari stand. So you, and they were, like, in ice-cold bottles with straws, and you could just walk around, and it was awesome because if any, you know, Anyone who's been to the Manhattan Contact Classic knows that in that uh, the beautiful New York Public Library, it gets really hot. And uh-huh. a Negroni is like one of those cocktails, just like like you were saying, like a martini or a Manhattan, that like after you get off work, or just if you're really hot, it's one of the most refreshing, I mean, albeit very boozy, but also, you know, very yeah. cold, refreshing cocktail to have. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, Ian... Our former coworker that you mentioned earlier, he was always really into um, bitter cocktails in the hot days of summer. Um, that just reminded me of him too. Um, but I have seen well, that he's, more, he's pretty bitter, more and more so often out here. You know, I feel like it started with barrel aged cocktails. Uh, yeah, okay, more and more barrel aged cocktails um, came out all over town, and now and now I feel like that's kind of progressed into just individually bottled cocktails and um it's a lot easier to manage in a bar you know yeah and it gives people something to talk about at the bar too and the reason why i thought of it when you mentioned a mojito is that um our buddy joel over at the uh, at harry denton's starlight room that's one of the cocktails that he house bottles is their mojito which as every bartender knows you order one mojito and then Ten more orders for mojitos come in, so I would imagine having a bottled mojito is pretty awesome yeah, that's, for the bartender. That's a really, <laughs> really great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Another good bottled cocktail, yeah. Underberg. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with the little Underberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and they're totally pocket sized too. I know, and you know what? They're they're not considered an alcohol product. They're considered a food mm-hmm. product, so you can't get busted out in public with them. I mean, you could get nope. wasted off of them. You can get like a, a public intox, but you won't get an open container. I did not just uh, just as a disclaimer for the radio station. I, I did not mean that at all for anyone to do in real life. Jack just no. got me. He's about to get me with a gotcha moment. <laughs> but, um, he gave you the eye. Yeah, watch <laughs> like watch out, dude. Um, all right, man. It, Amanda, God, it's. It's so good to talk to you. We don't get to uh, enough, and uh, I'm hopefully coming up to San Francisco again at the end of the summer, so we'll have to make sure to hang out, and you'll have to show me to the, the new bar and uh, tasting. Awesome. Yeah. So um, thanks again for coming on the show. 
It's been my pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. A lot of fun. All right. Amanda, you and Amy, keep rocking it at Cask Store in San Francisco. And that's caskstore.com. So check it out. Thanks. If you're out there or not, you can join the awesome whiskey club. Until next time, thanks, Amanda. Thanks, And Damon. cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.